Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North Story Mirror, the Seagull Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We have a lot to talk about. Like the fact that Apple, I can't believe it, but Apple, they invented the cell phone. Again, for the 14th time-ish. Yeah, we'll talk about the iPhone 14. We'll talk about the Apple Watch Ultra. We got all that coming up, plus some talks about AI and the content they are creating. But first, we're going to open up with our favorite social media platform to make fun of. No, not that one. No, not that other one. No, 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 no. We, we never talk about that one. No, we're talking about TikTok. TikTok has taken a very bold position. You see, a hacking group known as Against the West has provided screenshots in a thread on a hacking forum, no one's saying exactly which one, nor do I really care, showing that they have database, screenshots of databases, as well as access to the source code. Apparently, they're saying they hold 2.05 billion records in a 790 gigabyte database that contains all sorts of goodies, including user data, perform statistics, or I'm sorry, platform statistics, software code, cookies, authentication tokens, server info, and many, many more. So what do you think TikTok's answer was to it? Why, it's the same response that we expected everyone else to have for most other hacking instances. They're just like, nah, nah, it wasn't us, man. We didn't get hacked. And you know what's very interesting about, about this? You want to know why TikTok can get away with saying, nah, and no one else can? Who's going to hold TikTok accountable? You want to talk about, like, the the hilarious and disgusting amount of sway that um facebook has or google dude tiktok holds way more because tiktok is state owned i mean they say they're not but let's be honest they are they totally are tiktok is 100% owned by the ccp as pretty much just about every other major company in China is most likely also owned by the CCP. But TikTok especially, or ByteDance, the parent company of TikTok, is known for being owned by the CCP. So who's gonna find TikTok if it turns out they were lying? Yeah, no one. So in the end, what does this show? This shows that... First off, we're going to be keeping a close eye on this story to see if it is true, or maybe TikTok is right. Maybe they weren't hacked. And this organization against the West, which I don't exactly get what their goal is, unless they're trying to attack Chinese companies that also support the Western world. I don't know. I don't get it. We'll just have to wait and see how this all ends up going down. However, that little move in the internet world is nothing compared to Cloudflare, excuse me, compared to Cloudflare blocking an entire website. Cloudflare has blocked the site known as Kiwi Farms 
after a, quote, immediate threat to human life. So the service Cloudflare, if you don't know, they do two things. One, they host servers and various web applications. And two, they also have a system to go ahead and block DDoS attacks in the, for certain customers. They, of course, do this with limited success. And, and Cloudflare just kind of exists in that kind of weird space where a lot of what they support tends to be like a little weird, a little sketchy, but you know them. They're like trusted among the sketchy platforms. But Cloudflare wants to make clear that after tons upon tons of people in a organized campaign against Cloudflare for daring to support Kiwi Farms, they are saying it is not because of this. We do not make decisions based on campaigns. And quite frankly, I do agree with that statement. I don't think anyone service regardless should go ahead and submit to a mob mentality even if the service that they're protecting for is one that is sketchy. Cloudflare did end up making this decision despite and ended up siding with the mob mentality, however, because they saw the site as an immediate threat and shut it down. They have done this before with 8chan, a site that was also known for, well, trying to go ahead and stir up a lot of trouble. Now, before we say that Cloudflare 100% gave into mob mentality, 4chan is still up. And 4chan is 100% backed by Cloudflare. And there's always, always a a mob mentality trying to get 4chan shut down. Even though 4chan is just absolutely, absolutely nothing compared to what it once was. Now... Do I think that Cloudflare's behavior against Kiwi Farm is justified? Now, I have been in the depths and the sewers of the internet. I used to be a long-time 4chan lurker for quite some time. I'm well aware of how bad the deepest, darkest depths of the internet can be. I will be perfectly honest. I have never heard of Kiwi Farm until, until this story broke. Never. Never once before has it come up. But based on what research I have seen now, which granted is going to be skewed, you know, towards their recent mentality, they don't seem like a very good group. They don't seem like like a very healthy community. Apparently responsible for many doxings and also cyberbullying to the point of pushing targets to suicide. So, you know, already a great start. Now, might they have been something much more tame long ago and only recently escalated to the point where uh, they really should, uh, where you're kind of surprised that um, there wasn't any sort of, you know, federal action taken against the site? It's hard to say. I don't know. I do know that Cloudflare very, very rarely takes down anyone without good cause. And I, again, I see at this time no evidence that Cloudflare took the campaigns and the mob mentality against them to make this decision to heart. I think they did. I do believe that Cloudflare made this decision on their own. Now, as though Kiwi Farms already 
seemed like, you know, a very sketchy outfit and uh, not fit for the internet, that means they're gone, right? Right? Kiwi Farm apparently is still operational thanks to my personal favorite, Russian servers. You know, when the only place that will take you are, is a data center in probably one of the most hated nations right now in the world, it might be time to rethink what you're doing. Just, just maybe. But I got a feeling that's not going to stop them. Anyway, that's my thoughts on it. Literally never heard of these clowns before this story came out, which I honestly find oddly interesting. However, there is one site I hope does listen to the mob amassing at their door. It is one site that I do hope listens to the people right outside. Ladies and gentlemen, Twitch is killing off one of the features that it has been known for for the longest time. Twitch will be eliminating host mode by October 3rd. So, what is host mode for starters? Host mode, and this was, it, this was introduced way, 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 way back in 2011, allows your channel to basically be a mirror of another channel. So, for example, I was at Twitch Chicago this past Saturday, one week ago. I shouldn't say this past Saturday because this podcast is going to come out on Monday. I was there on, I already forgot the date, September 3rd. While I was there, because I was going to be on the main stage being interviewed, I had my channel pointed directly at Twitch Chicago. That way, anyone lurking in my channel would count towards their viewers, and anyone who wanted to talk specifically about my own interview and anything else had a nice independent little chat section to go ahead and talk about it. But if they wanted to go ahead and talk to the Twitch Chicago community as a whole, well, there's a button right below it that just says join the channel directly. The end. It's a very simple solution. So with that said, here is what Twitch is saying. Host mode is going away on October 22nd. After the state, the slash host chat command and the host channel stream manager quick action will no longer be available. In addition, auto host will be changed to suggested channels in your channel settings. They then go on to explain, why are you depreciating host mode? We introduced host mode back in 2014. Okay, I was off by a few years. To make it easy for streamers to give their viewers to, an to another stream to watch when they went offline. Since its launch, we've learned that streamers want to share their viewers. I, want, I, I just realized I had a mini version of the actual post. All right, let's try that again. Since its launch, we learned that streamers want to share their viewers with other streamers in order to help them grow and have introduced features to help you do that. <laughs> Let me interject. Like what? What, slash raid? I'd like to remind Twitch, you didn't invent that, we did. The Twitch community as a whole invented raiding. What other tools? Because you said tools, plural, or features, plural. What, tags? The thing that your system very poorly optimizes and very poorly uses? What are these features? Discoverability on Twitch is still awful. 
The post continues. We made the decision to depreciate this feature because the experience it delivers to viewers doesn't match their expectations when they come to Twitch. Viewers want to interact with a streamer when they're live and host mode blocks this from happening. How? Because you have to click a button that says join the chat? The post continues. Preventing users from interacting with the streamer they're watching also limits a streamer's growth potential because they're not able to build meaningful connections with those new viewers. All right. Here's what's going to happen when host mode is killed. You are going to find a lot of streamers that consistently get a couple hundred are going to drop drastically because one of the reasons why a lot of those channels actually get like a fair significant amount of just lurker traffic is because there's tons of lurkers that will just sit in a channel and lurk and just let the host and the auto host just take them through which will land on you know a bunch of bigger channels i'm willing to bet you are gonna see the numbers drop now a lot of other streamers have been saying look this doesn't matter all right let, let, let me tell you it doesn't matter because new people they don't go to suggested channels or anything they go again to their follows no one checks hosts no one checks hosts man i think these a lot of these people who say that you know they're very knowledgeable in the twitch space are idiots because here's the thing there's quite a few people who do tech hosts there's quite a few people like myself who will in fact check what other people are hosting and then check them out and use them as potential raid targets to go ahead and say that host detracts from the twitch experience is not using host correctly you can in fact host a much bigger event like i just mentioned hosting twitch chicago while i was there being interviewed even more so you, the platform, could use the data of who's hosting who to help flesh out this crazy thing called a search algorithm that you should probably try to have, considering the fact your discovery is complete hot garbage as it is already, to so go ahead and make better suggestions. Now, with, it all, with this all said, you know, maybe I'm just out of touch. Maybe I'm just lost you know maybe this just doesn't make a whole lot of sense for the future of twitch if that's the case why is every other streaming platform trying to emulate exactly this youtube is trying their hardest with their very awkward platform to recreate rating they have plans to go ahead and implement a host system as well they are very eager to try and do just that they are working day in and day out to go ahead and try harder and harder and harder to do what Twitch does, but better. And more and more and more lately, we see Twitch taking away more and more and more and more features. Why? This is not healthy. This does not make for a good platform. What's the latest update we got recently? Oh, gee, let me go check. Um, let me check my Twitch dashboard. Let me, let me see what 
amazing features our idiot overlords over at Twitch HQ have blessed me with. Oh, I can run charity events directly through Twitch, even though there are a million and a half third-party tools to do just that and far better than Twitch's. And oh yeah, the incredibly, insanely, and stupid hard push to run automatic ads. You know, ads you have no control over when they run, unlike every other form of live content in media. Because you know what would be great if you were, you know, watching something great on TV? Is if in the middle of the show you're watching, it cuts to commercial and kept playing in the background so you missed a chunk of it. But no, they invested resource after resource after resource after resource after resource in this godforsaken ad manager and then trying to make it more and more and more attractive to run said ad manager by offering disgusting amount of money rather than creating the tools and the incentives to have streamers run ads properly. Like, here's something for you. I'm a Twitch streamer. In fact, this entire podcast right now is being recorded on Twitch first before it actually goes out to the platforms. Between the breaks, even though on the podcasting platform, because Anchor, for whatever reason, is allergic to having ads, I don't get them. I don't get it either. During those ad breaks, when I'm actually recording this live, I run ads. You know, when you're supposed to. In breaks, when there's no action. So you can go ahead, get up, stretch, actually have a healthy relationship while going in and actually streaming your content. But no, Twitch or Dabby have it run it automatically. You know, the one thing 100% of all viewers say you shouldn't do. I'm fine with it. No, you're, you're just fine because you, because the streamer said, hey, you know, I'm really desperate for the money. I need, need, need to r- run this. And you're like, oh, okay, I'll put up with it then. That's the only reason you're okay with it. If you had the option between scheduled ads and the streamer actually taking a break when they're supposed to, or just automatic ads, and it helped the streamer the exact same amount, you'd take the latter 100% of the time. You're willing to tolerate the previous one if you know it helps out someone. Or, you know, you just say, yeah, that's fine, go ahead, and then you sub to ignore those ads. Now, to say that host mode going away is the end of Twitch is stupid. It won't be. It'll be a massive blow. It's a very stupid move. Because, you know, much like the argument of... Will wearing a mask in a, cr- in a crowded convention help or hurt you? It's not hurting you, so why not? Remember that was one argument that keeps coming up? What's the pros and cons of getting rid of host mode? What's the pros? Seriously, what is the benefit? Ruining a bunch of streamers because they're going to lose a lot of lurkers? Oh, but now the live numbers are more accurate. Are they, though? Again, the benefit of getting rid of this feature is non-existent but the cons you could argue are minor it's not you know all that big a deal to get rid of them the site will still function without them so why not why though one last thing i want to address on this topic before i leave a lot of people have been saying that twitch wants to go under a transformation they want to stop 
being a platform and instead become a service. That's one of the, the big brain theories going on right now. Concerning the fact that you have a hard enough time already trying to differentiate the difference between a platform and a service, why go through all this then? Just for a minor clarification. Does it help generate more profits? Does it help employ more people? I want to remind you that Twitch has gone through a lot of staff changes lately. A lot of big names are leaving Twitch. How many people are going to want to stay on Twitch if these sort of changes continue to happen and the entire service as a whole becomes unrecognizable? How many more people will end up leaving Twitch because of stupid stuff like this? And it's not going to be one big feature. It's going to be a death of a thousand cuts because that's how you chop down a tree as big as Twitch. It's not with one axe swing. It's with a lot of little ones. Now, to auto-host being changed. They did so little with auto-host, it's an insult. I'll be perfectly honest. The best version of auto-host was the very first version of auto-host. Past that, auto-host has been garbage. Just straight up. And more and more and more lately, Twitch has done everything in their power to make sure that hosts just aren't detected by anything. No alerts are triggered by hosts at the time of recording. At all. Only raids. And here on the back end, they suppress that. It's stupid. But in the end, Twitch is more focused on apparently cutting services, virtue signaling all over their social media, and then following up with no action and continuing to, to hamper their own platform more and more and more with each passing day and making the experience worse and worse and worse and worse for their viewers so let me tell you something if you gave a lot of partners the ability to go over to youtube and retain 100 of their audience they would do it in a heartbeat because twitch right now it feels like a sinking ship and i don't want to say that i want to see some sign that Twitch actually cares about its own well-being and that they actually care about not only their audience, but the streamers that make content on their platform. And I will continue to call it a platform because that is what it is. It is a platform. I really do hope they get a wake-up call from this. We're going to take a break and calm down a little bit when we come back. Let's actually talk about YouTube and some of the things they're doing, because uh, what they're doing is uh, very, very odd, to say the least. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right. So while Twitch can't figure out what to do with itself, and I do want to stress that, it really does feel like Twitch is having an identity crisis problem here. I also want to comment on the fact that, but, but Jeff Bezos needs more money. I want to remind you, Jeff Bezos is out of Amazon. Just a friendly reminder. <laughs> yeah, I keep forgetting that too. Who even is the CEO at uh, Twitch right now anyway? Well, regardless. YouTube is making a very strange 
<laughs> making a very strange step forward. They are introducing YouTube for learning. Hmm. Someone in chat says the Monopoly guy is in charge at Twitch. That can't be because at least the Monopoly guy would keep trying to build houses and hotels on top of it. The Monopoly guy would keep trying to invest in his assets. I don't know what Twitch is doing, but it's not investing. I'm just saying. So what YouTube wants to do for its learning section is that it wants to introduce a YouTube player strictly for education. And these YouTube players for education will not show ads. Mostly because, well, in case you forgot, from the last YouTube fiasco we had, or was it the YouTube fiasco before that, I actually can't remember that much of that myself, will go ahead and they can't collect data on minors and thus cannot serve them ads because that's how Google serves ads by collecting data. Awkward. So these players would not play ads and be specifically for the educational space. Now, I don't know at this time, I don't think YouTube has actually said if there's gonna be like any sort of charge to this because honestly, I think it would be okay if there was like a small charge to like schools, like, like a like a licensing fee or something like that. But it looks like they are starting this off as a free service, which makes me wonder what the creators that are gonna create the educational content for this are gonna get out of it. But you know, we'll, I guess we'll get to that when we come to it. It is gonna launch first in the US and South Korea in beta before advancing to more countries. Am I the only one here that thinks that's a little weird? Like, okay, coming to the United States, I get that. Google's based in the US. Obvi obviously, they'd want to go ahead and test it first in their backyard. But South Korea? I'm sure there's a reason for it, but it just seems so out there, you know? But in any case, um, that is their decision, and we'll just have to see how that goes from there. I'm sure there is a logical explanation why South Korea is the other country they're testing it in, but I've no idea what it would be. Someone in chat says it's because the uh, internet culture is so strong in South Korea. It's also really strong in Japan and other locations, though, too. I know that it is very strong in South Korea, but it is equally strong in other places. I would say it's actually stronger in Japan than it is here in... Okay, maybe not. I don't know. It might just be that simple. Who knows? Probably should stop wondering on it because otherwise we'll never get through this list. We still haven't talked about the Apple event. We still have all that to deal with too. By the by, great news. Twitter is teasing that they're gonna be launching an edit button soon for paid subscribers. Isn't that great and neat? Anyway, Android 14 will, will also support satellite connectivity very, very soon. Now, this is actually very interesting to see come up after the announcement that Apple just had. Apple, spoiler alert, we're gonna get to that in just a minute, announced on their iPhones that they will have SOS satellite communications. There'll be software in the phones that you can aim your phone correctly in the case of an emergency and you can't get a cell signal to contact a satellite and send out a distress message to emergency services, but it'll all be done via satellite and anywhere. So to see Android also start moving forward for this sort of thing, hey, great. Granted, most people will not need satellite tier communications, but 
You know what? Much like a host button, it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. Except in this case, it'll save your life, whereas the host button is just obnoxious not to have. It was a bad comparison, but I just wanted to poke at Twitch again. It's, it's a bad habit. Kind of like how USB still can't name anything to save its life. I still can't get over that! 4.0 version 2, come on, guys! You had a decimal place right freaking there! Ah! Anyway, let's talk Apple. Apple did make an announcement, and guess what? The rumors were basically all correct. Someone in chat is taking a uh, count of how many times I poke, poke fun at Twitch. And someone should make a mass compilation of all the times I rant at Twitch and send it to Twitch. And also to all the Twitch streamers that say that the host button going away is a good thing. Because those people are idiots. I'm sorry, you are. I'm not sorry, you are. Because they are looking at the big picture through a microscope. Can't see the forest for the trees. In any case, the rumors for... The rumors for the September event for Apple were pretty much spot on. What we got was talks about the iPhone 14 Pro, the iPhone 14, the AirPods Pro, the Apple Watch, and the Apple Watch Pro. I mean, Ultra. They're all basically spot on. Although I find it very weird that uh, the Apple Watch Ultra, the picture they have on their front site, makes the, the Ultra Watch look very plain and normal. And the Apple Watch Series 8, their just updated version of the stand, their standard watch, is like angled with a black background in such a way to make it look like as epic as possible. Am I the only one that thinks that's kind of weird? But I mean, hey, whatever, whatever, whatever you want to do, man, you do you. I actually got to go ahead and bring up my notes. So let's first talk about the actual Apple Watch. So first I want to start off with one note about their keynote. Their keynote took a very different turn this year. So every single time there is an event that covers the Apple Watch, they started off with letters to Tim Cook. And these are very specially selected letters of times that the Apple Watch came in helpful for someone in poor health to detect their poor health was taking a turn for the worst and get into the hospital quickly and save their life. They're, they're all stories about life-saving events involving the Apple Watch. And it's already like a turn that makes you feel kind of dirty because it kind of brings in this mentality of you're going to die if you don't have an Apple Watch, which is first off incorrect. And second, just... That's not really a message you want to send. That can very much be taken in very bad ways. This time around, it was turned up to 11. The be an Apple user or die sort of subtle messaging. And for now, it is still subtle, mostly based around the new feature of crash detection, which I'm never going to find now on there. Oh, there we go. Crash detection which will go ahead and use my personal favorite, a high-impact gyroscope and machine learning and algorithms to detect if you've been in a car crash and automatically send out 
an SOS to emergency services and contact anyone on your ICE list. No, not that ICE. No, not that ICE either. Why would this have to do with an engine? No, no, you're in case of emergency contacts. Yes, I am annoyed by the fact that we have way too many acronyms that end up being ICE. Speaking of which, I could use some ice in my water, but all I have are big bar ice cubes. But anyway, in addition, the Apple Watch will now have better temperature sensors, both for your own personal body temperature and for the external temperature. And apparently this will help with ovulation cycles for women. Being both male and not a gynecologist, I do not have much of an opinion on this. I just don't. So for those of you that uh, need that kind of info, um, I can't help you. That's pretty much what I wrote down in my notes. There is also going to be a low power mode and it'll be available in wonderful colors and totally normal information. So, uh, no, totally normal color names like red. Okay, that one actually is normal. But then silver, gold, graphite, silver again, starlight, and midnight. Someone in chat said, if I don't have an opinion on that, maybe we should ask Elon Musk. Absolutely not. You should absolutely not under any circumstances take medical advice from Elon Musk, regardless of whether it has to do with your female reproductive cycles or breathing. Just don't take medical advice from Elon Musk. If you learn nothing from me, it should be that. Do not take medical advice from Elon Musk. The guy can barely make a car. Just no, don't. Look at what he named his kid. He named his kid after a face roll on his keyboard. No, bad, bad. That I do have an opinion on. The Apple Watch will be available for $399. This, this is the Series 8, by the way without cellular and 499 with cellular here's what i'll say about that the cellular version you're also gonna have to pay a monthly fee in the case of my samsung watch which is cellular it's ten dollars more a month for me personally i feel it's worth it that's just me though why the heck do you think it's worth it so let me tell you about something have you ever been in a situation where your phone is dead or your phone just glitches out, or your phone just has a problem, like being on your nightstand when you're at work. If you have any of those sort of things, the watch with cellular is a godsend because it'll automatically push all your calls to your phone or to your watch instead. Apple does this, so does Samsung. And I'll I'll tell you what, I was at first of the feature, I was like, eh, it could be useful for a couple of you. I I someone who's now had it for a while love it love it love it love it especially since one of the things i always say about anything that is needed in your day-to-day -day life you should have a backup of it there's my backup on the wrist now at the same time and i actually i want to make sure that my notes are actually correct here because i don't think that's actually right we also have a new apple watch se the se stands for we ran out of things to call it edition now this version is missing some features it doesn't have like the high-end crazy sort of um doesn't have any sort of the high-end crazy um like temperature sensors or anything like that you're missing a little bit of this and that and the other thing that starts at 
249 for Wi-Fi only, and then starts at 299 for the version with cellular service. I'm not gonna lie. If you just want a backup and you're in the Apple ecosystem, that's not bad. That really isn't. But then that brings us to quite possibly the elephant in the room. Now, one thing I should mention is that the Apple Watch comes in two sizes, 40 millimeters and 44 millimeters. I actually am not sure off the top of my head what the face size on my Galaxy Watch, I think this is a Galaxy Watch 2. Nope, Galaxy Watch 1. But the thing is, is that, you know, 40 and 44 millimeters. These are already like pretty decent big watches. The Ultra or the Apple Watch Pro, the Apple Watch I thought wasn't going to exist, but I started having doubts when the rumor mill would not shut up about it. It does exist. The Apple Watch Ultra is a real thing. But the main reason I said that it wouldn't exist is because what would you put in it? What would you put in a high-end, upper-end version of the Apple Watch? Well, let me tell you. First off, this Apple Watch is massive. The Apple Watch Ultra... Oh, already showing on the price, and I didn't mean to do that. Someone in chat says a laser gun. Dude, I wish. The screen is 49 millimeters. Actually, I think the screen is 48 millimeters, and the case adds additional millimeters as an additional millimeter. But unfortunately, Apple doesn't have their spec sheet out yet. And I forgot to put down the screen size in my notes. Because it didn't dawn on me until I saw someone else's review on it. Just like, dude, I saw this thing in person. It's massive. Yeah, the Apple site just doesn't mention the screen size. I, I'm pretty sure it's 48 millimeters. Someone in chat says the Galaxy Watch 1 has two sizes, 42 and 46 millimeters. I think mine's 46. I think, but I'm not 100% certain. But in any case, it is their biggest and brightest display on an Apple Watch ever. It has a second customizable action button on its left side. So you have b both the home button on the right side and the action button on the left side. First off, I am stunned. Apple added a button to something. I mean, mark it on your calendars. They added buttons. Somebody check on uh, the underworld. It might have frozen over. It has a larger diameter crown, meaning that that dial on the side is bigger and easier to use with, say, gloved hands. It has a second speaker built into it for more volume. It is cellular only. It has up to 36 hours of battery life with an additional 60 hours of battery life with its upcoming battery saver feature. It has a night mode in which the screen will be just black and red to help lessen the amount of power consumed and also to be less strenuous on the eyes. I don't know why this hasn't been a thing until now. This seems like a no-brainer, right? It will have a upcoming feature where it'll be able to detect the distance of your stride as you run. It has a waypoint marker and backtracking feature, an 86 decibel siren for emergency situations. You see that that whole buy an, buy an Apple product or you'll die feet, uh, sort of motif coming back. Also, 86 decibel siren built into the watch. Holy cow, that is loud. Like that is crazy, crazy loud. And unfortunately, now I can't find my chart of decibel levels. But no, that sucker is going to be able to be detected by 
whole lot of things. To put it in perspective, a gas-powered lawnmower and leaf blower, according to the CDC, why the CDC has this information, I don't know, but that was the first hit I got when I looked it on Google, is between 80 and 85 decibels. A motorcycle, I don't know whether that is just any motorcycle or a Harley, is 95 decibels. This little watch can put out 86 decibels in a siren. That's insane. But but this gets crazier because to say it's water resistant is an understatement. It is actually WR100 water resistant and EN13319 certified. Meaning this sucker actually has the tools and the certifications to be used as a diving computer. What? Apple, who are you? Are you Apple or Garmin or Cat? What the heck is this watch? Like just more and more and more rugged on top of rugged on top of rugged. Oh, and that's not and that's not even including the fact that the materials this thing is made of. The case is titanium to the surprise of no one. And the glass is sapphire. But it's done in such a way that the titanium comes up over the edges of the sapphire. So there's no more curved glass. It is protected on the edges to help increase shatter resistance. Now, someone in chat asked the good question. I was about to get to that. Is it real sapphire? Because Apple has had this habit of using a very impure sapphire that still scratches at the same toughness of tempered glass. We're just gonna have to wait and see. Someone in chat asked if it has a headphone jack. Name an Apple product that has a headphone jack. No, obviously the watch doesn't have a headphone jack. The headphone jack would take up roughly a quarter of the internal space of the watch. No, someone in chat says the iPod. Who wants to tell him? Does anyone want, want, want to tell, tell that guy that there is no iPod? Yeah, there's no iPod anymore. None. Zip. Zilch. Nada. There's no iPods. They're all gone. Never to return. Even the iPod Touch. Gone. But of course now this absolutely crazy watch. How much does it cost? Uh, $800. $800 for a smartwatch that is guaranteed to go obsolete in a matter of years. I'm honestly conflicted. Because on one hand, it is an $800 watch. It is an $800 Apple product. I should make fun of it for being $800. But holy cow, that is probably one of the best looking rugged watches out there. If it actually stands up to what Apple is saying it can, that would be worth it to the right customer. Now, if you're just some random guy in the city, you pay $800 for this watch as a status symbol, you're part of the problem. This watch is actually intended for a very specific and very active customer. They're not going to sell very many of these. And I'd say the split between status symbol wanters and people who are actually going to use the watch for what it's intended for is going to be about a 50-50 split, unfortunately. But I think that is the important thing to keep in mind. Much like the Mac Pro, this is not designed for the average user. This is clearly designed for Chuck Norris. I mean, this is designed for a very extremely 
active person. All right, let's move on to the AirPods. AirPods Pro, they have a new version out. To my surprise, this is only the second gen of the AirPods Pro. I thought we, we were at like third or fourth gen of the AirPods Pro. Apparently not. This is the second gen. I'm actually a little surprised by this. But they will have uh, double the noise cancellation they had before. Have personalized spatial audio with, quote, true depth scanning thanks to the camera on an iPhone. Low distortion drivers. Touch controls using a little trackpad on the side of the stems up to six hours of listening time and 30 hours total with the case. A speaker is built into the case to help find it. And the case now supports wireless charging using either third-party Qi wireless chargers, the MagSafe charger that is used for the iPhone or your watch charger, all for $249. So, I mean, still very expensive for what it is, but you know, decent spec bump kind of surprised some of these features didn't exist before and for the most part i'm eh just eh okay that exists now yippee i for one am more surprised that the case didn't have wireless charging all right we're gonna take a break here in the middle of this when we come back iphones and man do we have a lot of stuff to talk about in regards to the new iphones you don't want to miss this Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so the new iPhone, the one that everyone cares about. All right. Well, the new features the iPhone 14 had. Ads, are you ready for it? Are you ready? Are you ready? You can now send a distress beacon out via satellite, as I mentioned earlier. And uh, not only is there no headphone jack, but there's no SIM card slot either. You are very quickly running out of holes inside the phone. I, I just, I don't know what else to say about it, man. That's pretty much it. Oh, I actually should mention, there is one other big change the iPhone 14 did. There is no longer a mini version. Now instead, the iPhone 14 has the normal size version and a plus size version. You know, like every other major phone manufacturer that goes ahead and makes a standard flat size and then a bigger size. And if you're Samsung, then one that's made a little bit bigger with a few more features that costs your kidney. So that's pretty much the iPhone 14. Oh, and by the way, um, if you're hoping for a processor bump inside the iPhone 14, there isn't one. Instead, it got the same processor as the iPhone 13 Pro. And the iPhone 13 Pro got the same processor as the iPhone 13, but with two extra GPU cores. That's it. You're getting a last-gen processor on the iPhone 14 too. It really is more like an iPhone 13 Plus One. Except there's no SIM card slot. Oh, and to make things even better, because someone was asking, how do you make calls with no SIM card slot? E sim only now before you start going excuse me wtf mate sim card only will only be in north america european phones european versions of the iphone will have sim card slots 
maybe the European version will also go ahead and actually decide to obey the law and actually have a USB-C port. Because at last I checked, it's still lightning down there. And I'm pretty sure that uh, that law is in effect, that no new phone can be sold with anything but, you know, USB-C. Pretty sure that passed and is now in effect, but yeah. Someone in chat said, wait, I'm European. I can check see if it's USB-C. I am 100% positive that, um, oh wait, no, they can check that. Wait, I can just check the European version. All right, apple.eu. Crud, it's still, wait. This switch to apple.com just right away. Dang it. It did, re it, it does tech for my region. God dang it. I can't use the poor man's VPN of just changing it to .eu. But no, still lightning. Just, just, Apple get with the times. Anyway, let's actually go over the basic. Let me go over my actual list of things that are actually worth mentioning. It is in fact an A15 Bionic SoC is with the five core GPU, same as the 13 Pro. The camera has a quote, 49% low light improvement. The front camera has a 38% low light improvement with an autofocus. Whoa. A photonic engine, which means something, has a video action mode. So the rear camera, our European friend in the chat says that the new iPhone is still using lightning. Oh man, they are going to be really stubborn about that, huh? Oh, this is going to be good. I cannot wait for this fight. This is going to be fun. But yes, the rear camera will have a video action mode to give a gimbal-like stabilization effect. Crash detection emergency SOS via satellite in which the software will tell you exactly how to hold your phone, giving new meaning to the term you're holding it wrong, to go ahead and actually send out the SOS signal via satellite. It is going to be launching in November. The iPhone 14 will cost $7.99. The iPhone 14 Plus will cost $8.99. We're going to get to those prices in a moment because it's actually very, very fascinating. Now iPhone 14 Pro, they did some things. They did some things, man. First off, the the 14 Pro changed the notch. <gasps> the notch is now a pill. It is now a wide hole punch rather than a big old notch. All right. And I call it a pill. Other people call it a hole punch. Apple calls it... Are you ready for this? Are you ready for those Apple name you're, you've ever heard? They call it the Dynamic Island. That is the most Apple thing I have heard in a while. The Dynamic Island. And the reason it's called the Dynamic Island is because, well, that cutout will change shape. I am dead serious. This notch will grow and shrink, and by growing, decide to go ahead and actually have some information being shown to try and make the notch a dynamic part. Chat is losing their mind over this. To go ahead and show information inside the dynamic island. Someone in chat asking it shrink to nothing. No, because it still has the two depth, depth camera in there. Here's what it will do because this hole will grow and shrink phrasing and display interactive elements. It will inevitably 
cause you to smudge up your front-facing camera like nobody's like nobody's business before anyone else asks no none of these products have a headphone jack the 14 pro doesn't have a headphone jack the 14 doesn't have a headphone jack the airpods have no headphone jack the watch has no headphone jack the mega watch has no has no headphone jack it belongs at apple you're lucky the laptops have a headphone jack by the by there are some asus motherboards that don't have a headphone jack on them just thought i'd throw that out there while the rest of you try to figure out what to do in a world without a headphone jack yeah that's right pc builders your pcs are not gonna have a headphone jack soon i'm not kidding either that is a real thing and it actually makes more sense than you realize because those built-in headphone jacks you you use ac 95 or 97 i'm sorry and those song cards suck i mean real talk on on the motherboard whole thing if you're really serious about audio and you want your headphone jack let's be perfectly honest you're not using the onboard audio you're using either an external audio device that's hooked up by usb by usb of some kind or you're installing your own discrete audio card if you're a casual about your audio you're not using headphone jack either you're hooking up your monitor via hdmi and plugging your headphone into the monitor and using the uh, and using the better audio card on your graphic card someone in chat says it's more reason to buy a chromebook it'll have a headphone jack <laughs> yeah okay bud how long until that ha- i guarantee you give it two years there'll be no new chromebooks that have no headphone jack also if you're going at a chromebook to listen to audio seek help i'm just saying anyway back to the phone that has the hole punch that grows and shrinks I am surprised that so many people are absolutely enraged by the motherboard with no headphone jack. This amuses me way more than it should. Because that one actually makes more sense than the, than the phone's losing it. In any case, some of the other features on the iPhone 14 Pro. First off, the dynamic island. Oh boy. Yeah, it'll display information the actual hole punch will adapt given certain certain situations it is using a super retina xdr display turbo plus max okay maybe some of those words i added on but it's pretty dang close peak brightness of 1600 nits which is the same as the pro display xdr peak outdoor brightness of 2000 nits which is the highest of any smart smartphone it has an always on display which I just learned is the very first time an iPhone is in an always-on display. Are you freaking kidding me? Really? Really? Someone in chat says most Chromebooks have better built-in speakers than most Windows PCs. Or you mean Windows laptops? I have never before seen such low-quality bait. You and I both know that's a lie. For anyone that doesn't know that's low-quality bait... It is 100% low quality bait because most Chromebooks use the cheapest speakers they can because they're trying to get the cost down. Also, all laptop speakers are going to suck. It's just true. Don't buy a Chromebook. It's bad investments. Friends don't let friends buy Chromebooks. Stop it. Don't buy a new Chromebook ever. Go buy a used one. It's not like there's millions upon millions of them sitting around rotting away in a warehouse. In any case... The iPhone 14 Pro uses a new A16 Bionic S. Oh, wait, I didn't get to the whole always on display. It has an always on display. 
iPhones have not had an always on display. How long has Android had always on displays at one hertz? Since 19 always? Since Android 3? How? Just, just how? But yeah, the iPhone 14 Pro will be the first, uh, 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 the first iPhone to have an always on display. It is going to, it has a new SOC, the new A16 Bionic, which has four efficiency cores, two performance cores, and a five core GPU with 50% more memory bandwidth at four nanometers. We have new cameras, a 48 megapixel main shooter, 12 megapixel telephoto, and 12 megapixel ultra wide with two to three times better low light performance across the board so that maybe when you're shooting video with it, it doesn't look like the clouds are radioactive like I got on my Samsung phone. I still cannot get over that. That was really weird. Shooting footage at night from a van driving home and the clouds look radioactive. It was bizarre, man. Craziest thing. Hopefully the iPhone doesn't do that iPhone 14 Pro will cost $999. The iPhone 14 Pro Max will cost $1099, of course, starting price. Of course, the big thing that everyone's talking about is, in fact, that Dynamic Island. How could you not? Like, most people in the chat that are watching me record this live, I don't know if they like it or hate it. I want to say hate it, but most of them just seem flabbergasted that this is a real thing that really exists. My first thought is, honestly, I don't hate it. That's the most I can say. It is smaller. They're owning up to the fact that they went ahead and punched a hole in the middle of the screen. And actually, they are trying to take it as a design cue, which kind of goes that whole thing of they probably could just put the sensors under the screen at this point and just, you know, do what Samsung does with their folds but they're just trying to turn the notch into a design style. And that's what this is gonna be. I guarantee you this dynamic island and the whole thought of having this big old pill missing in the middle of the screen at the top is gonna be design language. And it's gonna be like the new hip thing. It's kind of why how now every single freaking Android phone must at all costs go ahead and have a massive camera bump in one specific corner of the phone because that became a design cue of Apple. It worked. We ripped on it to, we ripped on it back and forth about the fricking island of cameras. Well, now everyone's doing it because it became a design cue. <sighs> Someone in chat says, yes, yeah, so you can't, you can't, you have to buy a case. Yeah, I had to go ahead and buy, buy an outer box because otherwise this phone I swear, it is like a third thicker where the camera bump is versus the rest of the phone. And outside of its case, inside of like the gimbal, if I tried to shoot something, it's really obnoxious. Like it is crazy how much more mass it adds. Now, granted, the phone's expensive as heck and going in and out of, you know, big trucks all day. Well, not big trucks, but you know what I mean. The extra layer of protection is very much welcome. Oh, actually, the bump's not as bad as I remember. But it is noticeable. It is like notably thicker by not an insignificant margin. Just enough that if you try using it while it's on the table, it's going to rock back and forth. <sighs> but in any case, that's everything that was announced at the Apple event. And I would say all in all, um, they exceeded my expectations. But my expectations going to this event were uh, pretty low. 
Not gonna lie. I was actually finally expecting to see the port switch over to USB-C, thinking that Apple might be sane. But of course I'm disproven on that because, well, let's be perfectly honest, Apple continues to want to go ahead and keep the lightning port alive on the iPhone for reasons that cannot be explained. And when it comes to when someone asked Tim Cook why Apple will not just switch to RCS like the rest of the world, Tim Cook went ahead and just said, quote, buy your mom an iPhone. Mm. It's, it's good to know that, um, that Apple is full of jerks still. Hey, there's a flaw with my iPhone 4. Um, when I hold my phone in a certain way, um, it shorts out the antenna because there's no insulating coating on the antenna line. And, uh, and it kills the connection. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not a flaw with the phone. You're holding it wrong. Uh-huh, yeah. Just every day I think that Apple is actually, like, growing up and actually deciding to, you know, play nice in a world. I keep forgetting that Apple is, in fact, still Apple. People in chat say, you know, they're just going to have no charging port. I'm, here, I'm telling you, it's... I am still convinced this is going to be a thing. And it's going to be a while before it actually happens at this rate. I think the baseline iPhone is going to be wireless charging only. And I think the iPhone Pro will be USB-C charging and wireless charging only. Well, not only, but you know what I mean. That is still what I predict. Now, Apple has, in fact, introduced something mythical, legendary. They have, in fact, solved pre-orders forever. Do you want to know how they solved it? They let you put your information in now for the pre-order so that when you come back on the date of the pre-order, you just hit one button. So you mean all I have to do is have my bots work now to go ahead and uh, queue up several million orders? And then on the day of, they only have to give one thought instead of 16 per order? Ooh, fantastic. Here. I can actually solve the problem of pre-orders very easily. Are you ready? Here, here, come here. Let me tell you the secret of pre-ordering. Are you ready? This is just a secret between you and me. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Here's the secret. Don't! It's very simple, just don't! Don't pre-order! By not pre-ordering, you too can make an intelligent choice based on the, this crazy thing called reviews. So you can actually find out if there's, you know, say a problem. I'm just saying. The problem with pre-ordering is the fact you pre-ordered. So if you don't pre-order, you solve the problem. But now, one thing that's, um, that's interesting about the iPhone 14 and its pricing, the pricing stayed the same. Other than the 14 Plus, which is a new product, obviously. Someone in chat says by by not pre-ordering, they may it it may assist with the scalper collect collecting more units. I mean, there is that, and I really do hope that you know these outfits go ahead and actually start to actually care about their consumers, and maybe just maybe implement better measures to stop scalping bots. I would argue though that's one of the other reasons why not to pre-order. Here, here, you want a reason why not to pre-order? I pre-ordered 
a cooking robot. You want to know how that cooking robot is doing right now? It is not in my kitchen. And I got an email saying, good news. The third version is now out. So we'll just automatically upgrade your pre-order to version three. Don't pre-order. Just don't. Someone in chat asked which, 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 which robot. It is the Suvi kitchen robot. It's basically a, uh, a multi-purpose mini oven that also will refrigerate. So you prep the food, season it and everything. You put it in it before you leave for work. And then automatically from the get-go, it will cook it at whatever time you say it to before you get back. Have it actually be ready for you. Someone in chat says until the power goes out. I mean, obviously, anything that uses electricity will stop working when the power goes out. What the heck kind of argument is that? Someone in chat, what if there was something like a slow cooker? Yeah, a slow cooker can only slow cook. This was something that will go ahead and... We're not talking about about it anyway. I don't want to even talk about it until it's actually, you know, in my kitchen. Which at this point might just be never. I want to actually get back to the fact that... Yeah, someone asked the important question. Can you slow cook a pizza? There's a lot you actually can't slow cook. And like, you have to like prep it a very specific way to actually have a good slow cook. Anyway, Apple is... Now, despite the fact the price actually stayed the same in the US, other places it has not. And honestly, we kind of expected a price hike to come with the iPhone 14 because the price of everything has gone up. Which first off should make you wonder what the... uh, margins on the iphone actually are someone in chat points out you can slow cook anything it just depends on whether you want to eat it afterwards uh true now while the price in the u.s has stayed the same in other markets the iphone 14 is not this is very interesting in the uk the price is going up 70 pounds in australia it's going up 50 australian dollars in Japan, it's going up 2,100 or 21,000 yen, which roughly, which roughly comes to 146 US dollars. In Germany, it is going up 100 euros. And these are just some examples. That's interesting. I don't know what it means, but it is something that I'm definitely going to be keeping a very, very close eye on. Is it going to be something that because those areas specifically require a SIM card tray? I don't know. I actually don't know if those areas require a, a, uh, a SIM card tray, to be perfectly honest. But there was something else that was kind of odd about the whole keynote. And that is this performance graph. Now, Apple's performance graphs have always been, um, what's the right word for it? Garbage? We're going to go with garbage. But what's interesting is the fact that their comparison is the new A16 Bionic versus the A13 Bionic versus their nearest competitor. The nearest competitor of modern day, apparently, is only a little bit of, I don't know, uh, a little bit better than the nearest competitor. And the A16 Bionic is way better than the A13 Bionic, mostly because the A13 Bionic is three Bionics older. And of course, I hate this graph because it doesn't show the metrics. But the biggest question is, why are they doing that? Well, it turns out it's because the A16 chipset 
appears to provide almost no improvement versus last year's A15. Whoops. So it looks like the main reason they went ahead and compared it to a model that was several that was a few years older was solely because they just wanted a bigger margin to compare it against. And that is no bueno. We're going to take our last break here when we come back. We have some Wi-Fi speeds to look at, new GPU news, and the the AI content creation revolution. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right. So... Wi-Fi actually has a normal naming scheme. I know. I'm surprised too, considering that we have USB 4.0 version 2 and occasionally USB 3.2 version 3 revision 6 plus 69. I don't know. The fact that anyone in tech can actually number things correctly is a miracle in and of itself. Right now, the current, the highest-end version of Wi-Fi is Wi-Fi 6. So, Intel and Broadcom are showing off the capabilities of Wi-Fi 7. Now, how good is Wi-Fi 7? I mean, it's okay. I mean, it can have uh, performance speeds of up to 5 gigabits per second. Wow. That's impressive. I don't care who you are. That is impressive. I actually can't wait to see if in real life this actually goes and also what other caveats there are. Because I mean, in a lab setting when it's just no, when it's just, you know, line of sight and all that jazz, accomplishing all that, that's great and all. What does it do through walls? How much of the packets are dropped? Because I tried to go ahead and stream via a wireless node. It wasn't great. We were dropping... 2% of all of our frames, which is unacceptable. It just is. So that is a glimpse of what we could be seeing with Wi-Fi 7. I, for one, am looking forward to it. NVIDIA may, in fact, be giving us a look at the RTX 40 series. There is going to be a special broadcast at GTC September 20th at 8 a.m. Pacific time, which means that I will be asleep. Actually, no, I'll be awake. It'll be 10. When is the 20th? It'll be on a Tuesday. All right, I'll be at work. Now, here's what, I'll, here's what I'll say about this. It could be we'll be seeing RTX 40 series. I think it's far more likely, based on other things I've been hearing with NVIDIA, we are going to see some AI cards there, some, some teases. I am hearing more and more that we're not going to see RTX 40 series until 2023. I think it's going to be waiting until CES. I don't want it to be the case. But that's what it kind of looks like it's going to be. Also, real talk, if you have been holding out for a GPU and you think about and you're thinking about waiting until RTX 40 series, don't. I would say right now is going to be your best bang for the buck because more and more I'm hearing in the grapevine and in the rumor mill, the 40 series is going to chug power and cost quite a bit more. The other thing, and I have actually talked about this on Eagle Eyes on Tech, on the early bird briefing, we just started keeping tabs on a daily basis of 
the two biggest cryptocurrency prices, Bitcoin and Ethereum. So we want to try and notice that trend and see if it has effects on anything else. They're trending back up and they're trending back up fairly significantly. Like Ethereum was up like a full 10% over this last week. I got a very bad feeling that we're going to start seeing these GPUs start being scooped up in these 40 series vanishing to scalpers and cryptocurrency miners. I just got a bad feeling about it. Someone chat says, even, even versus a 10E, if you are in the market to get a GPU and have been contemplating upgrading your GPU to a 30 series, now would be the time to do so. If you are fine with what you have, like I personally am pretty tight on funds and I'm pretty happy with my 1060 and 1660, I'm fine not, up, not upgrading. But if you've been contemplating it, now is the time to pull the trigger. Leaked pictures of a RTX 4090 Ti have leaked out. And here's the only thing we learned about it. It's thick. That's it. That's all we learned. I have not been more disappointed in a leak ever. People are like, oh my God, it's big and it has three fans on it. Of course it has three fans on it. Have you not been seeing the rumors that this sucker was going to draw 600 watts? For crying out loud, you put this in the wrong computer, it's going to pop your breaker. Jeez. AMD is updating their mobile product numbers. Oh boy. Now, each digit has a meaning. The first digit will mean the model year. 7 will mean 2023, 8 will mean 2024, 9 will mean 2025, etc, etc. The second digit means the market segment. A, 1 is Athlon Silver, 2 is Athlon Gold, 3 and 4 mean Ryzen 3 for some reason, 5 and 6 mean Ryzen 5, 7 means Ryzen 7, 8 means Ryzen 7 or 9. We can see some great consistency, right? And 9 will mean Ryzen 9. The third digit will mean the CPU architecture. One for Zen 1, Zen 1 and Zen Plus, two for Zen 2, three for Zen 3, you get the idea. The fourth digit means that it's either a lower segment or higher segment, zero for lower segment, five for higher segment. And the suffix will mean it's power draw. C for Chromebooks, meaning that it's another failure and you shouldn't use it. E means that it's, a, that it's for an ultra low voltage system, meaning that's nine watts. U means that it'll be 15 to 28 watts. HS means it'll be a 35 watt. And HX means it'll be a monstrous 55 watts mobile CPU. I do love the fact that they're going to include the C. So I know when it'll be used for a Chromebook and therefore means that it is complete garbage from the get-go. I appreciate this. Th thank you. Thank you, AMD, for the advance warning that you will make complete and utter garbage. Sony has very quietly updated the PS5. This new model will be determined by the model number 1200, etc., etc. This newer version run draws less power than its previous version and uses a different motherboard and cooling system. So far, it looks like it is just more efficient all around and because it's lighter, is actually cheaper to manufacture. To which I say, hey, that's great. Now, if only you could buy one. There was actually, from Sony, a very small window where you could actually get a PS5 with, for, with Horizon Forbidden West. These come up once in a while, and usually they sell out pretty much instantly. 
Someone in chat says in before Chromebook gaming, the Chromebook gaming market explodes and makes Eagle cry. If it does, if the Chromebook gaming market explodes, I will not consider it a gaming market. Because let me tell you something. The gaming market on mobile is not a gaming market. It is an exploit. It's a, it's a market of exploits. It is exploiting people. That is what the mobile gaming market is. And guess what? The Chromebook, because of the fact it runs basically only ARM games and some other garbage from Steam once in a while, poorly, I might add, what does it matter? That's what it boils down to. And here's the other thing. I have no faith in the, in the Chromebook gaming market for one reason and one primary reason. There is no power under the hood. And the primary market for Chromebooks, what is it? Oh, is it schools? Oh yeah, schools. What do schools not want students to do? Game. What's Chromebook really good at doing? Locking things down. Chromebook gaming is gonna be a subset of people that wanna try and make use of the infinite number of cheap Chromebooks on the market that no one can get, that no one can get rid of. I'm not worried about the Chromebook market at all. Apparently, I'm actually really surprised. I just quickly went to see if that uh, PS5 bundle with Horizon Forbidden West is still available. It is like two days after the fact, it is still available. I am actually legitimately surprised. They're returning. PS5s are actually returning. They exist. It's just that you can only buy them with Horizon, Horizon, Horizon Forbidden West. <laughs> the earth is healing, chat says. Chat says, buy it now. I actually already did. Nope, I, I'm not kidding. I bought it uh, Friday morning after I got paid. I actually do have a, have, have a PS5 on the way. So there is that. I tried to get a deal on it with Honey and whatnot. It, it, it didn't work, obviously. I have no idea whether the PS5 that's coming is either the 1100 model or this new 1200 model that is coming. I will be very curious see what it is when it comes up someone in chat asks will it actually show up or will it vanish into the ether i had this thing shipped to work like at my apartment complex we have a secured package room i do not trust it in the secure package room i have it sent to work where i where i know my employees will go ahead set it aside see my name and that that, that is not vanishing on me no as long as it arrives and as long as it doesn't disappear in transit, that is getting to my door. No chances, none. I will report whether it is one of the, whether it is an 1100 or a 1200 when we get there. 10 cents. You know what? I have, I have instantly become, yeah, I'll just read the headline. 10 cent as a deal that'll help Ubisoft fend off takeover bids from larger corporations like 10 cent. So Tencent has taken a small bid in Ubisoft, which will help prevent Ubisoft from being bought out from other larger companies. How much do you want to bet Tencent will uh, just creep further and further into Ubisoft and just buy Ubisoft? Raise your hands if you think that'll happen. Yeah, I have no faith in this. Uh, good news, though. Crystal Dynamics owns Tomb Raider again. So maybe, just maybe we might actually see this crazy thing called actually good Tomb Raider games that aren't hindered from a crazy CEO at Square Enix. Man, Square Enix, I love you dearly, but man, 
your leadership needs to be shaken up aggressively, possibly then hurled out the front door. Because man, there is one business unit in your entire organization that actually seems to know what the heck they're doing. The rest of it just seems to be predatory nonsense. I'm just saying. So we might see more Tomb Raider and also, I don't know how to pronounce this. Eidos? I-E-D-O-S? Eidos? Eidos Montreal has reclaimed Deus Ex and Thief. Holy cow. Could we actually see a Deus Ex game? Someone in chat says it's Eidos. How about this? I will learn how to pronounce their company name correctly. If they deliver a Deus Ex game that doesn't make me cry. This is my trade offer. You give me game that's not depressing. I give you respect. And then probably $60 for the game. Uh, Jat says I'll still cry. No, I think I'll still cry at the fact that uh, AI imaging is now taking a huge step forward in the fact that it's now adding to famous paintings, things that we never asked for. You know, maybe I should put this in the last bird, but I gotta ask, will this be used in the next Animal Crossing game? Will they have AI go ahead and make fake famous paintings to the point where we just can't tell? And all they do is just do zoom outs of famous paintings. Like this is very fascinating and just like also really scary how accurate it looks. Like this is actually nuts. I'm actually impressed by the way. Don't misunderstand. But this is in fact actually, actually crazy. Meanwhile, we have Runway, which is an AI-powered text-to-video editing using written prompts. An AI that will generate video based on a text prompt. How long until there's just a YouTube channel of nothing but AI-generated comedy? It's happening. It's it's what my server rack is going to be. I'm just going to load it up with some actual powerhouse, some actual some actual servers, some actual data center tier hardware, and just start having it crank out videos. Someone in chat says there's a vi- vi- AI generated video game asset. Let's go. Oh man, you know what though? At least when it comes to AI AI generated video game assets, we don't have this. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. Video game developer that wants to turn people from developing countries into NPCs in their next game. Like this already just goes ahead and uh, just screams of just, are you serious? Really, man? Really? 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 You don't see the problem with that? You, you don't see the moral problem with that? Well, of course they don't. Why would they see the moral problem with having players from developing countries being NPCs in a video game when the whole thing is run by NFT consultants? Because only the NFT bros would not see the problem in all of this. And you know what? You wanna know why I have high hopes for this dumpster fire? to actually happen and then actually fail because some of these people or some of the same people behind Axie Infinity, a fantastic, great and exploitative NFT game that ended in failure because play to earn is a terrible concept that has, that 
relies, relies, must-haves on infinite player growth. I, I have no faith in this. I, I really don't. I mean, you had no faith in this either, but let's be perfectly honest. You have even less faith for this than the normal folks that's going to do it for this episode of eagle eyes on tech thank you so much for listening and i do encourage you to check out the daily podcast the early burb briefing which you can find at anchor.fm slash early b-i-r-b briefing or you can just check out all of my content at eaglefalcon.carrd.co you can find everything right there including this podcast and all my other ones take care and i hope you have a great day sure i have this right the nft bros want to go ahead and create a world where players are basically npcs manning a small city and other players go through and enjoy it i hate to break it to them but uh we already have that in final fantasy 14 it's called housing and nightclubs and we already do it better without exploiting developing nations and without nfts so um your move question mark you know what actually just don't do anything whatever you're doing just just stop also we have cat girls